0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever it is you're coming from. Thanks for joining. I am super excited to be back with my next episode of Rewarding Conversations. As I am joined by Dr. Brittany Lytle. Thank you so much for joining me, Dr. Lytle, Brittany. What what do I call you, Doc?
1: <laughs> Most of my students call me Dr. B. So Dr. B, I like that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> my my mentor in college, um, her last name was Cosimore, so everybody mm. called her Cos or Dr. Cos. So I like that. I, those yeah. short names are fun. But um, so. Uh, Doctor Brittany Lytle. I'll do the full name again. That's weird. Um, but uh, her Instagram and how I found her it's period underscore b underscore x t i n a. And I will put that in the description below. Uh, but she is a doctor of public health. Um, and she has that degree from CGU. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I'm really appreciative of you coming on. We were talking a little bit before we got started. I always love having experts in a field on, or you know, people that are really dedicated to a particular field, advancing knowledge, learning things. Like that, have a high level respect for for what you do. Absolutely. So, but talk to my audience a little bit about what is it exactly that you do. Uh, what is your you know your specialty? You know what is it that you do kind of day to day, and what your field, your passion, your focus?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So my original passion was in social work, and so I actually got my master's in social work from Columbia University. And as I was kind of going through that process and. Um, I moved back to California. Um, I really saw that there was a huge need of mental health, um, and that's kind of the arena that I've kind of stayed in. Uh, most of my experience has been with like domestic violence, rape, sexual assaults, um, and so that was kind of the, the path that I was going. And the more that I looked into it and the more that I was experiencing it, I really realized that it needs to be on a bigger platform. And that's where the public health came in. Public health is a huge platform for so many different things. It's not just about infectious diseases; as important as that is, absolutely. But I think a lot of people tend to forget that public health affects everything that we do, right? Everything that we're experiencing, public health or mental health is is involved in it, right? And so that's why I decided to get my degree in public health, so that way I can kind of bridge those two things together to have that as a conversation. And so I got my doctorate and I actually went back into social work. So I'm actually teaching social work um, at California Baptist University, implementing all of that public health stuff, right? So how can you advocate? What does that mean to advocate? And I'm currently in the process of creating a transdisciplinary symposium, which includes so many different disciplines together to come and to speak to one another. And that's really where the public health arena comes in, looking at more systems-based Um, looking at uh, trying to figure out how as an integrative approach can help a client or a patient, right? And and so that's kind of what I'm doing um, at my job. So I'm I'm currently a professor at social work. I'm also the field director for the bachelor's um, education um, for social work as well. And so with that, I kind of place students in agencies for their internship. And then I'm doing the symposium. So that's kind of like the main focus um, kind of what I'm doing. I
0: just, I just wish you were involved and active. Um, wow. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you were, you're, you got a hand in a lot of different cookie jars, uh, but mm-hmm. that's, you know, it's not surprising because I do know um, some high level, um, you know, field people, academic people. Um, and, and that's, that's what it seems to be the mm-hmm. common factor is there's a lot of hands and a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am curious about one thing. When did you get your PhD? When, when did you actually get that?
1: Yeah, so because of the pandemic, um, I was supposed to graduate. That's what I was
0: going to relate it yeah. to. Like if it yeah. was during the pandemic or before.
1: Hmm. Yeah, so I was supposed to graduate uh, 2020. And then the pandemic kind of shifted and altered so many things. T- time out. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. And my dissertation was really about systems engineering and the approach with public health and, and mental care. And so that's kind of like where I started with that. And the pandemic kind of really... <laughs> blew up with everything and so i i officially graduated last year <laughs> technically um even though everything was done but yeah technically last year because of so
0: something that's interesting right off the bat with what you do is you know you're still studying public health you you talk about infectious disease and how that's important mental health i mean that has been for the past two two and a half years that is the forefront of society people have been talking about infectious disease, mental health, public health more than anything else for the mm-hmm. past couple years that is exactly when you are finishing your program, getting your degree. What is that like for you right now to get your, you know, you get your doctorate in this field that is literally at the forefront of every conversation right now on mm-hmm. the national attention, the worldwide scope and this is what you're getting your degree in right now. What is, yeah. what is this experience like? You know, what what has it been like? What sort of conversations have you had? You know, right. how has this been for you getting this degree right when it's, mm-hmm. you know, maybe highlighted more in the world now than it ever has been?
1: Yeah. So the first thing is probably telehealth. <laughs> we have been trying to push for telehealth for so long in, you know, a lot of different venues and things didn't take it very seriously, right? Once the pandemic hit, it was like, oh, what is this? Telehealth is so new. No, we've had this, we've been trying to push it, right? It's now, it's just, it's it's effective, right? We can use it in so many different arenas. And I'm actually part of a project that works within a school district trying to implement social workers. So I oversee, I supervise all of the interns and a lot of what we're finding out is mental health is affecting them. I mean, once everything shut down, right, we saw domestic violence increase, right? Unfortunately, suicides increased. Right at yep. the schools, um, the school district that we work at, there was about five suicides from March of when everything shut down to October, which is mm. one is too many, right? But we had five, yep. and so it really pushed that. Oh, we probably need to think about their mental health, right? Especially in children, not not just adults, right? But children too, and it really pushed that. Oh, we actually need social workers; they can do that, right? And I think it kind of opened up the floodgates of. As social work, you know, in public health, what can we do together? You know, how can we help in that way? Um, of course, public health and social work, there is a or research component, right? So a lot of research is trying to be done, right? And in academia, right, that's probably like the gold mine, right? <laughs> research, right? Oh, yeah, this is brand new. Let's, you know. Um, so there's a lot of that happening, of course, right? But the main focus is helping individuals, right? How can we help them on a larger scale? And it's been a constant, constant conversation from many different populations. You know, um, different avenues of like how can we help them. Um, I think there are more people now in going to grad school, right? Going back to school in general, right? Because of it, right? Because oh, like you know, the the job that I had wasn't considered essential, right? Um, and so I think a lot of people are trying to prepare for the next one. If that makes sense you know yeah. and so they're going back to school they're trying to get these degrees they're trying to get this experience so that way if it does happen again, they can help in a different capacity as opposed to whatever they were doing prior not that what they were doing prior wasn't good work um, but they're trying to th- they're, they're showing us that there is a value of what we do more than and what you know the media says
0: yeah ex- yeah that's a big thing <laughs> because yeah. Yeah, more than what the media says exactly <laughs> um that's a whole other topic of conversation uh what what has it been like teaching you know you're mm. teaching classes this mm-hmm. pandemic is going on were they virtual were they hybrid mm-hmm. is it all in person like what has that experience yeah. been like you know you're getting into teaching now mm-hmm. on this kind of higher level you're you're managing like field work and things like that mm-hmm. you know once again in a field of education where it's just kind of chaos and schools are figuring it out for the first time and you know, discovering if they could be hybrid, if they could be online, what is Mm -hmm. the value there? Students questioning value, like, what has Mm -hmm. that been like?
1: Yeah, so obviously, when everything shut down, everything went remote. Um, And a lot of it was trying to scrounge around, figure out how can we still keep the integrity of the classroom and like what we're learning intact, Um, but given an alternative, right? So everything went remote. And it was a huge learning curve for a lot of professors, a lot of faculty, staff. To a learn what Zoom is, right? Um, In addition to other uh, web-based programs that they could use, and then it's trying to teach them in that way, right? As opposed to if you were in a classroom, right? You could put them in groups very easily, right? To have these discussions, and it was just a lot of it was more technical, um, technical issues that not just us but our students were trying to figure out. And then of course the other aspect was access. You know, figuring out if their students had appropriate or even had Wi-Fi at home, right? So a lot of the times they would come to campus and use the Wi-Fi to do their homework, to do, you know, whatever it needs. And the fact that a lot of it was shut down, especially if they went to Starbucks, right, or Panera and they had their own Wi-Fi, right, they could use the free Wi-Fi. It really did affect a lot of students. And so um, a lot of programs had to figure out, okay, what does a hybrid even look like? You know, and so our program actually adopted a, a hypermodel model. And so every other week we would be live, right? Live on Zoom. And then the week after that would be more like a Blackboard. So we use Blackboard for our school, which is like their, their main digi- or their main software program that they would go to for the grades to submit their assignments and stuff like that. And so, and we've been continuing to do that, you know, even now, you know, and it just seemed to work a little bit better, um, especially if somebody is working right? A lot of our, our students have another job, right? But they're also wanting to, to get a higher education. They're also wanting to go back and, and give back. And so we wanted to make sure that, you know, they could do that, um, which would include our doctoral program and our bachelor's program. You know, we're all kind of in this hybrid mode. And this year, um, it's the same, like we haven't, we haven't changed, you know, it's probably more along the lines of, being in person now, um, we still have that hybrid model. Every other week, we're still live, right? And the other the other weeks, we're still on Blackboard. But I think it's more about the the mask mandates. Yeah, I think that's the difference between being virtual versus being in person. Of like, you know, regulating that. and What does that look like? And every school, every university is going to be different, and what that that looks like. But you know, especially when the CDC keeps changing, you know, everything changing. And can't constantly. Do.
0: <laughs> Everything's changing constantly, yeah. and it's it's a whirlwind. And mm-hmm. speaking of kind of a whirlwind, there is a million different things you could have studied. Uh, you chose mm-hmm. to study fields that historically um, have been tough to deal with, talk about, um, kind of function your way through. You know mm-hmm. you you chose to study a field that involves a lot of tough conversations, a lot of a lot of tough subject matters. Uh, why did you choose to study social work, public health? You know, these are, these are things that are, you know, it's, it's not like, and I'm not putting any of this down, but it's not like studying English, right? Where you're like, oh, creative writing and editing. And I know people that studied that and I, I love it. And I have a, such a huge appreciation, but you chose to study a field that is tough for a lot of different humanistic reasons. Why did you choose that path?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I had a hard life growing up. Um, parents were in a, kind of a domestic violence relationship. Um, so they would break up, get back together. Um, my mom actually did a little bit of drugs. Um, my dad left us. You know, a lot of, a lot of perceptions were different, especially as a nine-year-old. I, at times I had to really take care of my, my younger brother. And that literally meant selling stuff on the side of the street. And there have been many times where we didn't have any food, you know, trying to get my five-year-old brother to school, right? It's hard for an eight, nine-year-old to do that and just to grow up very quickly. And through all of that, it really, you know, at a very young age, I wanted to be a clinical psychologist at a very young age. Um, through the courts, I actually, when my parents got divorced, I actually was in contact with a person kind of like through therapy and i loved how they were like there for me right really focused about like what i cared about and what i experienced and that's really what started that whole like push toward originally was psychology and as much as i love psychology i got my undergrad in it it was too specific if that makes any sense
0: yeah um
1: i love the mind i love the you know learning about the brain but it's not really focus I wanted to to go. And I didn't hear about social work probably until my senior year in college. And I was like, wait, what is, (laughs) what is this? You know? And I love that it was a combination of like social or sociology and psychology and really looking at the person in the environment, not just on a micro level, but a meso level and a macro level. And that really pushed me forward. Like, this is what I want to do. This is more in that arena. And so a lot of like the adversities that I went through, uh, I, I experienced, you know, a lot of death in my family. Um, unfortunately I experienced my own traumas in addition to, you know, growing up, um, I was in a, a teen dating violence relationship in high school. You know, I, I personally experienced domestic violence, rape, sexual assault, you know, so I, I was kind of pushed toward that arena and through that, through all that schooling, it really helped healed me in my own capacity, right? But it kind of showed me how I can help somebody else who was in that situation that maybe I never got. And so that's kind of how I got pushed in that. Um, And then as time goes on, you know, the broader perspective of public health of like, okay, how can I make a bigger impact, a bigger change? As much as I love doing one-on-one work, right? I wanna be able to affect as many people as I can in a positive way. And that's kind of how I got pushed more toward public health um, still, I'm very much a social worker at heart, absolutely. Um, my, my lens that I look through is social work um, because it's so effective to be able to understand, right? And using a transdisciplinary approach to everything that I do really stems from not just social work, but public health. And how can we make change in that way, as opposed to us being siloed in all of our different disciplines, right? Um, and so a lot of that had to do with my upbringing kind yeah. of going into, into each of those fields differently, if that makes sense.
0: So you recently get your doctorate in public health. Uh, you're teaching social work. You oversee, you know, bachelor's field programs. You have experience in psychology. You have personal experiences in these fields that you talk about and teach about. What is, you know, since this is kind of recent for you in terms of getting your, your doctorate and everything, what is, the, what is the hopes right now? What is the goal for you? Where do you see this kind of going? Where do you hope to end up? Um, or are you just kind of taking it pandemic day by pandemic day?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, just because with, if anything, the pandemic taught us is that we have to be fluid. Because so many things can change on a, that day to day basis, right? And if you're not fluid, you're gonna, there's so many disasters that can happen in addition, right? So being able to be fluid is really important, I think, in today's day and time because of that aspect, right? But then at the same time, you know, it's really showed me that, you know, I, I want to start my own nonprofit, right? More of a holistic type of trauma clinic. Um, and so that is the, the long term hope, right? um, to, to start and create that. But I'm actually in the middle of writing a book, um, which talks about self-care, um, kind of like healing the healer, um, in terms of like self-care wellness and spirituality. And I I have the pleasure of, of co-writing that with two of my other colleagues at the university. And so we're in the middle of writing that and hoping to, to get that finished later this year.
0: Now, talking to somebody like you who has experience in these different fields and a lot of knowledge of this stuff, When the pandemic did happen, when it Mm -hmm. actually happened, not like not the whispers were, you know, it's it's here, it's there. Oh, I think it's in Seattle. It might be in, you know, Portland. Mm -hmm. When it was happening, were you were you surprised or were you like, yeah, everybody in this field kind of thought something like this might or could happen someday? Or Mm -hmm. was it like a total wait, how is this possible? We're in Mm -hmm. 2020. How can something like this happen? Like, how Mm -hmm. did you actually personally feel, you know, kind of through your lens of, Mm -hmm. you know, your kind of profession and expertise?
1: Yeah. So the public health side of me, you know, and understanding the different modalities within public health, right? Like, okay, this could happen, right? At any given moment, any kind of infectious diseases, right? But the social worker in me is like, oh, okay, like, how, how do we now fix this? Right? How do we now help you know, so there was a little bit of like internal conflict um, with myself, but being able to to pull from both of those fields, um, it, it kind of helped me in that way to kind of manage, right? Uh, while everybody else was freaking out, not that I wasn't freaking out, right? I was probably way more cautious than I was before. I was already using hand sanitizer. You know, my friends would always make fun of me. And, and now it's like, oh, you know, who's
0: like, using oh, it now, look, right? Who, who, was, uh, who was right <laughs> about that one?
1: <laughs> right, right, yeah, and of course, you know everybody was buying you know nonstop you know toilet papers and everything, and just stocking up, and you know the the frenzy kind of happened because of it, right, um, because all, most of us have never been in any kind of a situation to this degree. I mean, even yeah. when we talk about nine eleven even then, right, um I mean, I was probably in high school, I think in 9 eleven so this is like yeah, a completely I was different yeah, I was
0: in high school yeah, yeah,
1: so it was a completely different scale you know, when this hit. Um, But when the first like cases started coming out, you know, public health was like, okay, it's probably going to come here, right? If it hasn't already, right? And a lot of us were like, oh, well, I was sick during this time. Maybe I already had it, right? And so we're- Everybody was
0: doing their own Mm self-diagnosis and things like that. Yeah, I did that too.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so that was that's a very natural human, you know, response. And I think a lot of us just kind of outwardly showed it. As opposed to what if we would originally had experienced something of a different scale, right? So there was a lot more acceptance, I think, to express our fears because of it, right? Even now, you know, if I go somewhere, I'm always going to wear my mask. And that's just because of my own personal, you know, um, and that's fine. You know, especially with the mandates are being dropped, right? But, you know, I I think you just have to do what's best for yourself. What's best for you and what's best for yourself your family. And so for me, that was more of like, okay, like I'm just going to stay home when 2020 hit. I'm just going to stay home. You know, I had that luxury of being able to work from home, right? And then of course telehealth helped so much of that, right? And so I was able to advocate for those things, not just for myself, but for my students, my interns um, that I was working with at the time and um, trying to get, you know, those services for kiddos you know, in the middle of it because their life broke down because of everything shutting down. And so for me, it was more of like, okay, I had my moment of, all right, let's figure out what it's going to look like. You know, everything's being sold out. How can I stay safe? You know, making sure that I'm wiping everything down. Okay. Once that kind of, I kind of got over that part, it was like, okay, let's get to work. Um, And that's kind of how the rest of 2020 um, happened for me. Um, in addition to like finishing my dissertation, um, that was still there <laughs> during that time. Um, but that's kind of where, where I went with that. Um, and just, just being safe, whatever that could look like.
0: Um, one final question I, I have mm-hmm. is moving forward, right? When this all happened, the world seemed stunned and shocked and, oh my gosh, we're not prepared for this. And everybody mm-hmm. zoomed out and You know, higher education Mm -hmm. has to adjust. Life has to adjust. Moving forward in society, what do you think are some things that we can do to be better prepared for things to come in the future? Do you have anything in mind Mm -hmm. of saying, you know what, we need? because you highlighted that kind of telehealth, right? Mm -hmm. Do you think there just needs to be a huge push behind that and people actually really investing like that? Or do Mm -hmm. you have anything else kind of in mind that you think that we could do better as a society, you know, knowing what we know now?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, Uh, absolutely telehealth. Um, even like a lot of, um, doctors and medical offices, they're utilizing that a lot more, which I think should have been utilized a long time ago (laughs) personally, but, um, and and I think it's just figuring out, okay, what are the procedures now, right? Getting that written out. Because I think during this time, we're all just kind of like trial and error of what works for that specific company or that specific individual, right? So I think now that we've kind of done this for a little while, okay, let's kind of set up that procedure. Like, this is, this is what we're going to be doing, right, going forward. Um, the other aspect would be, you know, uh, and being from California, <clears throat> earthquakes happen all the time, <clears throat> excuse me, and, you know, there's always this, you know, let's, we got to practice, right? Stop, drop, and roll, right? So, you know, but in the actual events, right, prevention yeah. can only go so far. Um, so there is limitations to that, right? But as long as we kind of understand, okay, setting up a plan with your family, right? If this were to happen again, right? Or if something else were to happen, what is that plan? What is that going to look like? And I think that's kind of where everywhere was kind of like in shock because we had no idea what to do. Nobody knew what to do, right?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Not to say this exact thing's going to happen again, right? But to have that conversation with your family, your loved ones of, okay, if a natural disaster were to happen or if any kind of pandemic of sorts were to happen, what is our plan, right? And I think during this time, my family was like, okay, this is what would happen, right? If for some reason you had to quarantine, where would you quarantine? With who? What would that look like, right? And I, I think still, I guess, a lot of people who, A, have never experienced you know, COVID, personally, um, maybe don't know that yet. Maybe don't know, like, what are those questions? Like, how do I, how do I get that, right? How am I going to get food? How am I going to get this, right? So having that conversation, I think, So that way your family's prepared in that way, I think is is something that we all should be doing,
0: absolutely. Thank you so much for coming Mm -hmm. on, for giving insights. It was really cool to talk to you and um, just kind of hear your background and I really appreciate it. Uh, But before we get you out of here, five question Q and A, are you ready? Sure. All right, number one, favorite late night snack?
1: Ooh, chocolate.
0: You said that so quick. You're like, ooh, chocolate.
1: Dark chocolate.
0: Dark chocolate. That's my thing, too. I love mm-hmm. it. Salted dark chocolate is amazing. Mm. Um, what is a dream vacation of yours?
1: Ooh, Australia.
0: Nice. Very cool. I've, mm-hmm. I've always wanted to go as well. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Very cool. What is something that makes you sad?
1: Oh, seeing others cry.
0: Yeah. What is something that makes you happy?
1: Mm. probably seen a smile on a little kid because I made their day
0: what advice would you give your younger self
1: (laughs) Mm. don't give up just keep going
0: Dr. Brittany Lytle, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I really, really appreciate it. Uh, I will put all of the uh, links to your your social media and stuff below. I definitely recommend everybody out there uh, check out her page. Um, it's 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 really good stuff. It's it's a mixture of like who you are as a person, but also informative stuff, which is really cool. Um, I appreciate this so much. Uh, I think that we. You know, we always need people in the social work field and public health, but now more than ever. So you're definitely a a champion of what we need now. And I appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much. It was a pleasure to be here.
0: Absolutely. Uh, So for all of you out there listening, if this is your first time here, welcome. If you're a returner, welcome back. And regardless of where you're coming from, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and I'll catch you on the next episode.